Welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. What the, like, what in the actual hell has happened? Not even just 20, like 24 hours. Go back to Tuesday and Wednesday. What the fuck has been going? What is going on in Alameda County? You are spot on. That is uh, my reaction as well. But before we get to that, this is episode number 27 of our podcast, a.k.a. the Antonio Brown Emergency Podcast. We are coming to you from the Pro Football Radio Amphitheater in Shelton, Connecticut. Yep, yep. <laughs> you almost need to find a new co-host this morning, though. I almost died. I almost got shot before I could even record this shit. So thank you, A.B. Thank you. Why? What happened? So we're getting ready. Uh, we're you know we're do, we're in the we- the wedding planning stages, and all week I've been asking. All right, so we're looking at this place on Saturday. Look at this place on Saturday. Put in my calendar. All right, eleven o'clock. We're gonna be out of the house. Hit the road. It's about an hour. We're going. You know, it's in Stamford, uh, so it's about like an hour from the house. And I wake up this morning and I see fifteen notifications on my phone about the Antonio Brown saga, about the Instagram post. So I immediately wake up. Fire up the fucking coffee pot, and I spent from nine o'clock to eleven just looking at the TV, looking at Twitter, <laughs> typing notes for the show. Yep. Tara comes home from her Pilates class, and I'm completely losing track of time. And she comes out; she's all done getting ready, and she comes upstairs. She she looks at me. She was so pissed. She's like, "Are you ready to go?" And I was like, "Oh fuck, it's eleven o'clock. Yep, I just need to go. I need to brush my teeth and just put clothes on real quick." And like. Ooh, Jay, I've never, I've, the only other time I moved that fast was last year when I was running late to work. I slept through my alarm. I got ready in two minutes and got to work in 10, and it's normally an 18-minute car ride. Wow. Yeah, dude, wow. I thought, I thought I was going to die today. Dude. It was, it was the quietest car ride to the wedding venue. Thank God the place was greater. <laughs> I might be dead right now. So thank you, Antonio Brown, for almost costing dude, me gotta... my relationship. <laughs> Poor Tara. It's not even the football season God yet. God bless her. God, dude, I'm just but saying. But you know what? I will say this. She, know, with, she knew what she signed up for, all right? But I will say this. During all of this nonsense with Antonio Brown from, like, even with Hard Knocks and then yesterday when, you know, we were watching the NFL Network a little bit, and she looked, and she's like, she looked at me and just asked, what the fuck is his problem? Dude, like, what the she's hell getting it. is wrong she's with getting this it. man? She's getting it. It's, you know what? I'm proud of you for just, like, getting her involved little by little into the NFL. And I mean, we got I her with the hard knocks, right? And now she's into it. She's like, what's wrong? I keep offering. I'm like, I can watch this upstairs. Like, yeah. I know it's not even like we just went through one regular season game that was essentially a fifth preseason game. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. I can watch this upstairs. No, 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 you're fine. I'm like, okay. Now, is this uh, is this the first uh, season you guys, uh, full, full first full NFL season you guys are living together? Uh, no, last last year. When did you guys move in? Uh, we let moved in last year. Let's say around May. Oh, okay, cool. Because well, I yeah. moved here first. I got to the house first while Marky was finishing up school in New York. Yeah. So. Well, this will be your first NFL season with her with the podcast because I know for myself. NFL has been heightened just because it's podcast that we do, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's the same situation for you. I'm just going to have to set up a TV in, in here. Dude, and we, just, seriously, we should make this a man cave. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no. Throw TV up. I told you I have an old TV sitting on my house. We, we, I can I, bring I got it. the cable hookups right here. All right, I'll bring it next week. Remind okay, me. we'll figure it out. Cool, we'll figure it out. So we were not going to have a podcast today. Uh, we were going to do 
our Tuesday podcast as normal and just have no podcast on a Saturday. Uh, but all hell broke loose, and I'm sure most of you have heard already. Uh, Antonio Brown has been released by the Oakland Raiders. Yep. So we had to do an emergency podcast. Oh, yeah. The wee, wee, wee emergency podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> I will turn over to Brandon the Puma Silva because he has a, he has a full-on little spec sheet down there so, with the timeline so of the- what happened. Because quite a bit has happened since Wednesday until today when he got released. Yeah. Yeah. So just going to give you a quick rundown. I'm going to read this off my list. It, it was... Once I finished typing it and read it, it is utterly insane. Uh, so starting Wednesday, Antonio Brown posted a picture on his Instagram and Twitter about being fined essentially $53,000 for missing a walkthrough. Funny enough, that was the day uh, that Mike Mayock drew the line in the sand, saying he's either all in or all out, and then missing a training camp practice. So $53,000 for missing those two days. And then essentially was told any further unexcused absences or other issues would be falling under conduct detrimental to the team. Wednesday afternoon, Antonio Brown sees Mike Mayock, the general manager, on the practice field and gets involved with a verbal confrontation with Mayock over the fine. Multiple reports show that AB threatened to punch Mayock in the face, called him a cracker, and had to be held back from assaulting him by Vontez Perfect. The guy, that, Vontez, the dude that lit Antonio Brown up, probably the most fine linebacker in the NFL over the last five years, had to play peacemaker. Think about that. I also heard reports he called him a cracker bitch as well. Right, right. Which, I mean, listen, I mean, I'm white. You can call me a cracker. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. So We got to talk about that hit. Devontae's perfect on Antonio Brown. Right. We got to talk about that later on. Right. So that was Wednesday. Thursday, coaching and management told Antonio Brown to stay home from practice. This was while reports came up about the previously stated incidents coming to light. And that, uh, and management was seriously considering suspending him and voiding all guarantees, which would have been up to $30 million. Friday, Antonio Brown comes back to facility and has issued, and I quote, an emotional apology at a yeah, team okay, meeting okay. with team captain standing with him. This is from Josina Anderson of, of uh, ESPN. Later on that same day, Friday afternoon, addresses the media stating that he is ready to be a Raider and apologizes for his actions, which anyone that's a body language reader, or you don't even have to be an expert in that, could look at that press conference that Antonio Brown did with the air quote apology, and he did not mean one fucking word he said. Not one. Not I'm one not bit. even in the FBI, not and I can tell he didn't mean a word. It was 16 seconds of lip service. Right. Uh, Friday night, post a video on YouTube titled... This is my life, ain't no more games. Gruden is on uh, on this YouTube video recorded during a uh, during a phone conversation saying, stop this shit and just play football. Funny to note, California is a two-party consent state. So if John Gruden did not give his consent, Antonio Brown technically violated the law. Oh, yeah, he's worried about that right now. So, I mean, granted, he's, he's... The guy is so far gone. That's probably the last thing he's thinking about. Which is, you know, just saying, just putting it out there that technically he broke the law if Gruden I wasn't down with so that. I felt so bad for John Gruden in that moment when I, when I watched that video and just how he came across. How he came across was pathetic. He didn't come across... He came across as someone that really just wanted Antonio pleading Brown Pleading with Antonio? Please, he wasn't pleading. Please, Antonio Brown, cut the shit out, whatever he said. He wasn't pleading. Oh, I mean, he could have been a hard ass and just started yelling at him. He sounded genuinely concerned. But that's neither here nor there. Once the video came out, Gruden was reported by, I believe it was Adam Schefter, being okay with this. But between the Friday 
presser where he apologized and the video coming out, Ed Warder and Adam Schefter of ESPN were tweeting a story that he was about to be fined an undisclosed amount of money for his issue with Mike Mayock. You woke up this morning on Saturday. You found out that that undisclosed amount was upwards to $215,000 for his issue with Mike Mayock. His contract got voided, and he was not going to be able to collect termination pay. Yeah, and that's where we are. We where we are right now at this moment, and then he he got released. Before we get to the analysis, I want to point out that as of right now, Antonio Brown has collected zero dollars from the uh, from the Oakland Raiders. Yep, he had a twenty nine million dollar guarantee over two years, which is this year, next year, and then had a million dollar signing bonus, which was broken up into two workout bonuses, five hundred thousand dollars a piece. He didn't even show up for the workouts yep. to collect on the workout bonus. So as of right now, he's like negative two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in the hole yep. with the Raiders, which is unfucking believable to me. Now let me start with this. I want to start with issuing an apology. I want to apologize to Mike Tomlin. Right. I was I was very harsh on the man. We both were. I was very harsh on the man. But if this was if this is what he was putting up with in the locker room, even half of it, even half of it, that guy is a fucking saint. <laughs> No shit. <laughs> the man should win the Nobel Peace Prize, right. as many on, on Twitter has point, have pointed out. Yep. I, I want to piggyback on that, too. You know, not to completely absolve Big Ben and not to completely yeah, absolve I'm not talking about Mike Big ben, Tomlin, yeah. but, compl- like, this is insane. It, if this, even half of this was going on in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin should be nominated for sainthood. Like, somebody yeah. should call the Pope and be like, we need to make, like, you know, window paintings mm-hmm. in Mike Tomlin's likeness at every Catholic church around the country. God bless Mike Tomlin. But I guess the Antonio Brown received two letters today. One was the fine, the $215,000 fine. And then the second one, as I mentioned, was when he was informed by Mike, um, Mike Mayock that he was not going to be able to collect termination pay. So he could be cut after week one, if he was still on the roster, he was at a week to week contract. And it would be a yep. week to week contract for his base salary of, I think, $850,000 mm-hmm. per game. So, and I guess he sent an email to Jeff Darlington of, uh, of ESPN, and I quote, I just got an email from AB. He tells me the team took away my guarantees. He added, There's no way I play after they took that and make my contract week to week. So at this moment, once again, don't expect Antonio Brown to play on Monday night. Can you just imagine this image of Antonio Brown waking up this morning? He does his Instagram post of, you know, you're going to piss people off doing whatever you want. And then he sits there in probably like a bathrobe. In like slippers that say business is booming, and he's typing a fucking email to Jeff Darlington, being like, "Yeah, I'm not playing." They took away my guarantees, which Antonio Brown, you played yourself. You took away your own guarantees. You literally, you all you had to do was keep your mouth shut for 72 hours and show up on the active roster Monday, and your entire contract would have been guaranteed. It would have been guaranteed. I'm having a hard time trying to rationalize this because it's so irrational, right? Part of me thinks the dude is uh, going through some serious mental issues, right? Maybe he's taken one too many hits to the fucking head. The CTE is fucking settling in. He doesn't have the critical thinking skills anymore. But I think in reality, we just got to call it for what it is. Antonio Brown is a selfish dude. He's a very selfish, me-first guy, right? And he can't put himself... Um, within the team confines, he thinks he's bigger than the team, and I've, I've and I always say this: the NFL is a sh- the NFL itself is bigger than any player. 
Tom Brady could retire tomorrow. The league would fucking go on. And I think that's the biggest thing that Antonio Brown is having a problem with. They're trying to understand is like, hey, he thinks he's bigger than the fucking team and bigger than the NFL. But if he walks out tomorrow, dude, and he never plays another snap again, nobody would fucking miss him. Nobody would fucking miss him. One bit. And he needs to understand that. And I don't know if there's people in his corner that are not telling him that. But he is a small cog in the big fucking machine that is the NFL. And he can't understand that. Right. My whole thing with all this is kind of like a two-part deal. One of them with, with the Raiders. I was com- I was completely ready to bury John Gruden and, and, and the Raider organization. If he was still on the roster today and Mike Mayock was essentially threatened and you're not going to back your general manager, if I'm Mike Mayock, I would have walked out of that building with whatever dignity I still had left intact and would have been like, no, peace out, Cub Scout. Like, I, I can't do this. But now he got released by the Raiders. But he can sign with any team. He's free to sign with... He could, if he's that crazy, he could go back to Pittsburgh if he wanted to. He could sign with a division rival in the AFC West, a la the Broncos or the Chargers. If I was the Raiders, I would have given him the five-day letter. I would have given him, you have five days to report for this week-to-week contract. And if you didn't show up, you not you're put on the, you know, Reserve, reserve left right. No, the reserve, yeah. uh, reserve left squad list where you can't play for the Raiders and you can't play for any other team for the year. I would have completely protected myself from that aspect. But then at that point, you lose the you lose you're at the risk of losing your locker room, right? With Antonio Brown doing so much shit in the public eye and your team seeing this, and you're still you still have this guy on the roster and haven't cut him yet, you risk you you risk losing your team at that point. But at that point, he's probably still not going to show up. You give him the five-day letter, he's not going to show up for a week-to-week yeah. contract. Yeah. At least you still, cover yourself. But he's still on the roster. The, the optics of it is he's still part of the Raiders organization. What they did today was a divorce. It, it's over. You know what I'm saying? It's right. done. Right. It's final. But imagine now, I mean, if he signs today, he signs tomorrow, he can't play week one. So he can't play tomorrow. He can't play, he can't play on Monday night for the Broncos. But imagine if he signs in the division and you have to play him again. Like at that at that rate, I still would have been like. Who knows if he has a, he, Who knows if he wants to play football ever again? The way he's acting, it looks like he doesn't really care about football anymore. The way the way he's making it seem is like he can just walk into any 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 fucking locker room in the league and just produce like no other. Like I don't see him walking to the Chargers locker room producing like that. You crazy? No, absolutely not. Who like, knows, man? Mm, we've all seen know. we've all seen Allah yesterday that talent overrides bullshit off the field. Tyreek Hill just cashed in on a three-year, what was it, fifty-four million dollar contract? Yeah, and he just had the worst offseason of the last five years that I can think of, a la you know Ray Rice, and he cashed in on that. No, his talent, he still could catch a hundred balls for a thousand receiving yards and probably I don't know maybe double-digit touchdowns. There's going to be a team that's going to want to have him on his roster, but nobody's going to be paying him to do that. Now, what I'm going to say, you have to listen very carefully. I'm not saying it's right. What I'm saying is Tyreek Hill had off-the-field issues, but in the locker room, from everything we've heard, he was a model citizen. Antonio Brown had off-the-field issues and was a complete fucking menace in the locker room. Mm-hmm. That's, two different, that's two different things right there. Right? People still want to win. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Tyreek Hill would walk in, do his job, and help you contribute to your team and win, help you be a better team. Antonio Brown, apparently, from what people said in the locker room of the Raiders, that people said in the uh, players on the on the roster said they were a better team in practice when Antonio Brown was in the building. Yeah, David uh, was it David Carr? Mm-hmm. David, the brother said David that. Carr, he, and that comes to Derek Carr. 
So, right. like, if you make the team worse and you have off-the-field issues, that's a complete different game from, from Tyreek Hill. Right. Now, in the grand scheme of things, what Tyreek Hill did was a much worse offense by hitting somebody, by hitting a female. I get that. So, you got to listen carefully what I'm saying here. But... At least Tyreek Hill would come into the locker room and wouldn't disrupt the actual team itself. Right. But the point being, though, is the Chiefs completely threw fan care, blowback out the window when they're like, what, less than five months away from being removed from the off-field issue to cashing in on a paycheck? Yeah. He just got, he just, he was a, what, a fifth round draft pick? And now he's getting $54 million over three years? Mm -hmm. That is ownership completely not caring and wanting to win. Somebody's going to sign him. Sure. And and I was, I had to dig through Twitter. We were talking about this offline. I had to dig through Twitter on my hour car ride to this wedding venue to find, this was before he was officially traded, an audio recording between Antonio Brown and Drew Rosenhaus. It's a seven-minute clip. I actually pinned it to my Twitter. So go to at Brando underscore Puma, and you will find this because I was trying to at Will Brinson to see if they will actually put this on their emergency podcast today on CBS, the Pick 6 pod. And in seven minutes, you have Drew Rosenhaus say over and over and over again to Antonio Brown, I want you to go to a good team. I want you to be with a good quarterback. We still have New England in the mix. We have, you know, we have the the Eagles in the mix. They're, they're possibly willing to give up a first-round draft pick for you. The Titans are in the mix. I think Oakland's fading. If I was you, I would focus on New England, Philadelphia, Tennessee. I would put Washington to the side, and then maybe Oakland has an outside chance. They listed everybody. Oakland was next to the bottom of the list at, before Buffalo. In my opinion, this was a completely calculated move by Rosenhaus and Brown. They probably got to Oakland and realized this team's going nowhere fast. They're rebuilding. They have to sell seats for a new stadium in Las Vegas. I completely I want to be on a winner. So what am I going to do? I'm going to force my way out of out of uh, out of Oakland. I don't care if I don't have money. I'm going to sign somewhere else. I'll ball out and then I'll hit free agency next year and get paid. That is my theory on this whole situation here i think your argument would, ha would have more i guess um credence of the calculated move if he was leaving and going somewhere that had another guaranteed contract waiting for him the man gave up 30 million dollars of guaranteed money to go to a situation where he's probably at the veteran minimum his credibility is so shot right now Nobody in the NFL is going to give him guaranteed money. He's going to go to a week-to-week -week contract, right, where he's going to try to play ball out this year and then try to sign a big contract next well, year. Well, if he signs a veteran minimum, it's one year, $480,000, but it's guaranteed. Which is less than $30 million, guaranteed. Which is fine, but he would be off of a rebuilding team yeah. for a possible Super Bowl contender. Out of that seven-minute audio clip, five minutes of it is him and Drew Rosenhaus gleaming over the fact that Tom Brady might be throwing passes to me. Bill Belichick might be my coach, and Robert Kraft is the the wealthiest owner and has all this pull in the NFL. They could give two shits about the Titans, the Eagles, except for possibly giving up draft picks, and you know, Oakland. Yeah. At this point, I don't think he cares but, about the money at that point. He just wants to go out and win. Sure, that might have been the case back then, seven months ago. But now, when you have leaked audio of John Gruden, when you're recording people and leaking, leaking it to the fucking world, do you think Bill Belichick is sitting there saying, "Oh shit, I would, I can't give, I, I can't trust this guy"? Like Bill Belichick is sitting back there thinking, "Can this guy keep state secrets?" 
can he keep game plans to himself? And when I'm talking to him, is he recording me? Like, that's a big aspect here. Right. Can he trust the guy? And if he can't trust the guy, then how is he going to be in the most rigid locker room of the NFL? But then again, before we started recording, I saw this alert from uh, Mike Garofalo and I believe Ian Rappaport. The Eagles just completely restructured Alshon Jeffrey's contract this year. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the cap breakdown is, but they could be making room. Howie Roseman's a smart guy, and they're going to want to win now still. They want to cash in on that. You know, Wentz is still in great health. They have all these people locked down. Why not take a flyer on Antonio Brown? Sure, I, I get that. I get that, Brandon. But, like, the thing that the, – the, the worst thing that he did was leaking that stuff of him recording people. Because now you're now that's three separate occasions in the Facebook uh, the Facebook live video in the Pittsburgh Steelers mm -hmm. locker room, right? Uh, Drew Rosenhaus, right? And now this John Gruden thing, right? How can you as an organization sit there and, and think I can trust this guy? But I don't think obviously Rosenhaus doesn't have a problem mm -hmm. if he is still his agent. So Rosenhaus is probably in on that, and he still wants to get his three percent commission. The what I took from that audio recording is he doesn't give a shit. He wants to win. Oakland's not going anywhere fast, and he found out real quick when he showed up for OTAs and training camp that, ah, eh, okay, you know, the whole helmet foot saga aside, this I mean, seems that, like going That's anywhere. all fine and well. And I and I just keep bringing, coming back to that video last night. It was so jarring watching that unfold last night. Where I mean, it looked like a Nike commercial. Right, yeah. I mean, look, first I honestly of all, first thought, of all, his production team, top notch. I honestly thought that this was... This was a work. I thought this was a work with John Gruden being in on it and Antonio Brown. And if John Gruden was in on it, that's even more fucked up. And he John wanted Gruden. to show that he's ready to be a Raider. Do you want me to be a Raider kind of deal? And then here comes Antonio Brown running out of the tunnel at the at you know Alameda County Stadium for Monday Night Football for the last time in Oakland. Here he comes, 84 in silver and black. I was expecting that to be the biggest work in probably WWE-esque history. I put that tweet out there. Let's move on to John Gruden. I think you have uh, a different view on this than I do. But I think, for me, John Gruden is a fucking disaster of a coach. Um, he came in, made some very stupid moves, in my personal opinion, with, with Cleo Mack, the potential defensive player of the year, and uh, Amari Cooper, a great wide receiver, who doesn't record your conversations and actually shows up for, for practice, right? That audio last night, I don't know why, but I felt sorry for John Gruden and how he was pleading. He comes on first, he's like, what the hell's going on, man? And then he's like, please stop the shit and come play football. You used to be John Gruden, Chucky, right? The the guy, the man that people feared, and now you're pleading with some fucking diva wide receiver? Like, dude. And another thing I want to, uh, the one thing that I like really, um, I want to bring up and I want to get your opinion on this as well is, I think if Antonio Brown didn't force his hand last night with that post and that released me this morning, I don't think they would have released uh, Antonio Brown. No, I think Mike Mayock would have had a press conference today right before practice announcing his resignation. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, John Gruden has dealt with issues, not to this extent, but Keyshawn Johnson, when he was in Tampa Bay, I think it was, what, 2003? Yeah. It was right after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. They had to, he had to deactivate Keyshawn because Keyshawn had an issue with him, had an issue with the, the, the training staff. He had to deactivate him for six weeks. Six weeks out of eat fucking paycheck. But to him, to John Gruden, eating a paycheck was better than having him in that fucking locker room. I didn't take it as him begging. He literally asked what Rich Eisen said before kickoff on Thursday night. Like, what is going on? Are you okay? And anyone's going to realize that Antonio Brown is the best player on your roster. If you're going to go anywhere, you need your best player on the team. Anybody, any logical person, including myself, would have said, 
You need to stop this shit and show up and play football. You can even watch the episode four of Hard Knocks where he puts his arm around Antonio Brown and says, listen, you have too many people in your ear. You just need to focus and play football. You can come to me. You can talk to me about things. But you have way too many people on the outside trying to push you a certain type of way. So I think that was just John Gruden, one, looking out for his football team and wanting to win, and two, being a player coach and trying to get Antonio Brown to stay in the fucking building. But do you think if he was on the roster today, he would have still have credibility in that in that locker room? With Gruden? all this shit? No. But like if you look at like I said at Hard Knocks, if A B was like, Yeah, you know what, coach? But you're well, right. Well, but A B didn't do that. A B went in and the first thing he did well, was clearly well I saw a great thing where uh, on Twitter it said like you know John Gruden says cut the shit out and come play football and the next thing he does is release that fucking video like I mean that's not right. that's not kind of shit but out. then it looked like it would have been a promo like yeah. I said he would have been showing up on Monday night at Alameda County Stadium in silver and black for the last Monday night football game yeah. because that's it looked like a fucking movie trailer like here's AB ready to be a fucking Oakland Raider this is more than football it's my life blah 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 I gotta prove people wrong but I I just think this was just John Gruden trying to get his guy through the door, but John Gruden burned whatever credibility he had up until this morning yeah, when he was but, like, yep. yeah, he had a heartfelt apology. I'm glad I'm glad he's back, man. He's going to be playing Monday. We're, we're planning on him being in the in the uh in the in the game plan. So, that's that's it's just All I'm saying is hard insane. knock left 2 days too early. <laughs> and you know what the fucked up thing is? Even if Hard Knocks was still there, it probably yeah, wouldn't have left the, co- the cutting room floor. Yeah. It probably would have died, and we still would have had to listen to some guerrilla propaganda you know, video from Antonio Brown. And you know what? Like, There's probably more videos to come yeah. of what happened in Oakland. Because he also did a tweet. Uh, I sent it to you uh, before you got here where he was tweeting uh, bumper cars. But he spelt cars with C A R. What does that mean, by the way? What is he? What is he trying probably to get clowning on the brothers because he probably knows that Derek Carr was talking to David, who then mm-hmm. spoke to the entire fucking world on NFL Network about. I mean, you can even look at Thursday, where David Carr after the game doing post game on NFL Network was saying, "Yeah, you know, probably all the captains are going to be involved, and he's going to show up the next day." He knew that Antonio Brown was going to be in the building the next day and do an apology, and now here you go. You have David Carr at fucking six o'clock in the morning West Coast time saying. Everyone in practice seemed to practice better when Antonio Brown wasn't there. That's Derek Carr talking through his brother. So, you remember that hit we were talking about earlier uh, in the podcast where Vontez Burfecht just lays out Antonio Brown? He was, like, unconscious on the field, too. Yeah. A lot of people are trying to make a connection between his erratic behavior before and after that hit. Mm-hmm. And after seeing some of this shit, I can't, like, not deny it kind of thing. I can't, like, look away from the the evidence. Like, the dude seemed to be uh, just a model citizen, year in a year, 100 catches, right? It happens, and then he's just fucking all over the place. Yeah. Like, do you buy any credence to that? I do, because, I mean, he, he took a shot to the head. And if I'm remembering correctly, Antonio Brown was lined up on the right side of the offense, and he was cutting across the middle. He went down, and he moved towards his left, yep. and Vontez Burfitt completely cleared his clock yep. and hit him in the front of the head. I'm not a I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not a psychologist. But all of like the fucking like 
right or wrong decision making, like the frontal lobe. Yep. Like if he took a shot and that, like a you know traumatic brain injury, yeah. that's not beyond the realm of possibility. Exactly right. Here. I feel like he doesn't have the critical thinking skills there anymore that yep. he needs to. Moving forward, uh, here's what I think is going to happen. I think uh, he's not going to get picked up for at least maybe two to three weeks. Let's call it four max. Um, people are going to feel him out. Um, he's going to want guaranteed money. Nobody's going to give him guaranteed money one, but he's going to be he's going to be on a week to week contract. Um, if I had to guess, I mean, I, I don't even know who's out there. I don't think the Patriots are going to pick him up. Maybe something like the 49ers, I can see him going there and playing on a, on a week-to-week contract, um, all within the hopes of balling out like crazy and hopefully getting a larger contract uh, next year. But I think there's a serious issue with how he wants his money paid and what the NFL is going to give him. Right. He wants guaranteed money. The NFL is not going to give him that. They're going to give him week-to-week at max. Right, right. I just saw this alert from uh, CBS Sports. Uh, NFL exec likes the Patriots landing Antonio Brown. Quote, take it to the bank, but more teams in the mix from Jason Lockenfora at uh, Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, if, if I had to think, there's two aspects I'm going to get to. First off, in actual football, to me, the, the tinfoil hat theory would be the Patriots are the mix. They, they could get him. They, they're, I think, ranked 11th in cap space at like $11 million between, you know, the cap, the cap ceiling. They could just do like a, either a veteran deal or approve it. You get $2 million contract. You have fucking Tom Brady throwing your footballs. And then the Seattle Seahawks, they just made a move uh, for Jadavian Clowney. The biggest thing that Russell Wilson hasn't had in a long time is someone to stretch the field in the vertical passing game. And you can also line up Antonio Brown on the inside and run the underneath stuff. He could, he could line up anywhere on the field. The, they're ready to compete now and win now with this team. I could see him being in the Seahawks locker room with – Pete Carroll getting you fired up to run through a fucking wall for training camp and fucking practices and shit. Those are my two teams. But fantasy football aspect, if you want to buy low on Antonio Brown, if you know an owner that's panicking, fucking do it. If you have, if you have some, if you have fucking uh, Tyrell Williams, I would offer that. I would flip that for Antonio Brown and hope he signs for a contender. But otherwise, pass catchers, Darren Waller, the tight end, that he was a wide receiver, converted to tight end, big body guy, runs like a 4-4-40. They're playing Denver this week. You could stream him if you wanted to. Denver's allowed the seventh most points to tight ends over this, uh, over last year. Um Tyrell Williams instantly gets a bump. He's the number one wide receiver out in Oakland. And if you wanted to take a flyer on fucking Hunter Renfro, uh, Jim Nagy, he runs the uh, the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's on Twitter. He said, pick up pick up Hunter Renfro. He's probably going to get 90 to 100 catches out of the slot this year. So those are your fantasy as, football ramifications for the Oakland Raiders fallout today. As the resident Patriots fan on the podcast, um, I want absolutely nothing to do with Antonio Brown. My team, the Patriots... If they picked him up, obviously it would be um, the second best wide receiver Tom Brady ever had after Randy Moss. But we don't need that shit. We've won Super Bowls without Antonio Brown with lesser wide receiver talent and Julian Edelman and fucking Troy Brown. We don't need the fucking bullshit that comes along with Antonio Brown. And I think that's the biggest um, deciding factor here for Belichick. And I think after watching Belichick for 20 years as a Patriots fan... I'm sure I'll leave it to 5% chance that it could happen, but I think 95% it's not going to happen. Just because the disruptive force in the locker room, let's, let's face it, he's not going to change who he is. 
Mm. We're, we're way too far down the line for him to change his ways. Who knows? He might, he might adopt the Patriot way real quick. Look absolutely at Randy Moss. Not. Stop Look at it. Randy Moss. Stop Randy it. Moss was Stop a choir it. boy. Stop was it. a choir boy People for two years. People don't change. People never change. People don't change who they are. And money and alcohol just enable who they are to come out even more in a fucking shitter way. So I absolutely don't see what happens to the Patriots. If it does, God. Oh, you're telling me, you're telling me Bill Belichick could get this man on the cheap without having to sacrifice that much cap room and any of his precious draft capital to, to improve his team and to stick it to fucking Pittsburgh, possibly in the playoffs. Oh, that I would give that, I would give that like a 25% chance that Bill Belichick is willing to sign him to a one year deal to go all in with an aging Tom Brady. See, what you have to understand is the Patriots have went to the last three of the last, the Patriots have won the last Three of five Super Bowls without Antonio Brown. We don't need that shit. Who we was don't on that team? Need that who's, shit. who's no longer on that team anymore? Gronk. You don't have Gronk to stretch but the field. Nikhil Harry, Nikhil Harry, uh, who's Josh on Gordon, IR. and Demarius Thomas, who are all going to be healthy towards the end of the year when they make the playoff run, hopefully. I'll take that chance. I'll take Demarius that all day. Thomas coming off of Achilles injury. Nikhil Harry's on short term, short term IR, and Josh Gordon, who. The talent's always been there, but can you keep to it say, together for 16 weeks? And who's to say Antonio Brown will show for practice? Oh, you kidding me? I think he'd show up for practice. How can you say that? Look I at his track record. Look what he just did. In the last the last two teams he was with, he he decided on separate occasions not to show up for practice for the Steelers and for the Raiders. What What is the Patriots going to do to him that's going to change his mind? What's the difference in those locker rooms? They're both player coaches. Mm-hmm. You're telling me, I guarantee you, if he has a chance to put a fucking ring on that finger after being a fifth-round draft pick out of Central Michigan, he will be a choir boy for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. I don't buy I, it. I would put a kidney on it. I don't buy it. one bet. Mm-hmm. I don't buy one bet. He so did, I would he's, rank, not, he's not the Patriot he's, he did not, he's not the Patriot mold. And His neither was Randy Moss. Listen, your personality deep down has to be one that can uh, put, has to be unselfish, right? And Randy Moss wasn't unselfish for two years. But this dude... Is just selfish to the max. Randy Moss was, not, and he will not fit in one bit. Randy Moss fit in for two years when he got to that Super Bowl and he lost to the Giants. And then after they started trying to fuck with his money, that's when he went back to old Randy Moss. One year deal. I could see him being. If I had to rank it right now, New England, Philadelphia, and then Seattle. But I, Philly and Seattle are close. So you could flip flop those. But I have I have New England being ahead on points. I hope to God it's not the Patriots, and hope it. Oh, it could be the 49ers. Who the fuck cares anymore about this jackass? That too. I'm saying that 49ers, too. Eagles, they have to move that far across the Seattle, bank. whoever it is, just fucking go somewhere and just leave us the fuck alone. <laughs> he's gonna be back, oh and he's God. probably gonna be in the AFC East. Oh. All right. Well, uh, I think that fairly well covers it up, right? I think so. We're 35 minutes on this shit. I think so. <laughs> but yeah, for any of those that are looking for the audio, I already put it up on the, uh, the Pro Football Radio Podcast Facebook page. I'll put it up on my Twitter feed, and I'll pin it to the, the PFR Twitter page as well, too. But speaking of plugs, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. We will be back on Tuesday with our game preview for Week 2 and a quick recap of Week 1. Uh, find us SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Like, subscribe, download. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we're doing. I think Jay's got something to say. Do you think he'll be signed by Tuesday? Do you think we'll be talking on the podcast of him being signed somewhere? No, I think, if anything, uh, he's probably going to be signed. I mean, teams, I think right now, teams are focused on the game plan. You have 
you have kickoff tomorrow. Mm -hmm. No, no front office is going to want to deal yep. with the you know Antonio Brown and trying to factor in you know the week one you know pregame and all that other bullshit. And especially with Monday night, I wouldn't expect any news of possible rumblings of a signing until. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, I like it. Um, I'm going to say probably two to three weeks from now is when he'll get signed. Um, somebody will uh, be like 0-2 or 0-3 or whoever it is. I can, You know what I can see happening? I can see the Cardinals going out there for two weeks, mm -mm. sucking dick, and bringing this dude in and trying no to fucking fit him into the air raid. Because, mm -mm. then again, he would have to go to a team that is nowhere ready to compete right now. Yeah. So well, that's the that's the corner he painted himself into. So what 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 are you setting the you're setting your date at what like September? Let's put it three 18th, weeks. Let's 19th? put it three weeks from now. All right. So the twenty from now. Uh, so let's see. So the the twenty first. No, twenty eighth. So the start of the work week is on a Tuesday for these guys or Monday and Tuesday. Let's just say twenty third and twenty fourth. So twenty fourth. All right, twenty fourth. I'm taking the under. Mm -hmm. Taking the under for all sure. Right, I right. think you're gonna start seeing. Twitter notifications from Schefter and Rappaport on uh, Wednesday, Thursday that so-and-so reached out to Drew Rosenhaus. So that's that's my bet. Wonderful. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the Emergency Podcast, a.k.a. the Antonio Brown Podcast, a.k.a. he's a complete jackass podcast. <laughs> Hashtag calculated. This is all calculated. He's playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. Yeah, yeah. He lost $30 million. That was a great fucking move. But he gets, to go, move. To, he gets to go to a winner. He gets to get to the Super Bowl ring. All right, we're going to go... Uh, uh, get a stogie from the owl shop in New Haven. Yep. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, Cadillos.